BetOnlineAthens.com and the Athens Banner Herald. This is the Georgia Bulldogs podcast. Bulldogs Extra. Now, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Well, hey there. Welcome in to the Bulldogs Extra Podcast from the Athens Banner Herald and online. Athens, Ryan Dennis here alongside Mark Weiser, UGA beat writer for the Athens Banner Herald. And we got a lot to talk about. Got a schedule to talk about a little bit. A new coaching hire. And uh, even, uh, I mean, do we want to get into the dreadful basketball season? I guess we will a little bit later. But uh, it's Thursday morning here in the uh, Athens Banner Herald Studios, looking out at the Classic Center. Stop by, got a Bojangles biscuit on the way in, Mark. Uh, they got a Bojangles in the Classic Center. Well, they have one on Lexington Road, which is where I, where, which is where I got mine. Where does uh, Bojangles ring? Do you ever go to Bojangles to get a biscuit? Um, you know what? I, I drive past one uh, not far from my house, but um, no, um, kind of a more on the local scene for the biscuits, you know, whether it's Mama's Boy or Farm Card, something like that. Uh, have you tried that new Ned's Dust place? I've been there before as well. They have a little, five points. I think I was there once. Uh, they, they have, don't they have like kind of a homemade donut of some sort? Kind yeah, of? apparently. And uh, I've never been there, but it looks uh, like your day's worth of calories in one breakfast. Hey, you might want to start early. Might as well. Might as well. Why, by the way, why are we here so early in the morning? Uh, I don't know. We got a full day of uh, meetings and, and everything else, and uh, so we figured we'd go ahead and knock it out. Of course, yesterday I know you were glued to the SEC Network as the Georgia schedule was released. There were no surprises in that, though, were there? Well, I mean, we knew the teams. We just didn't know uh, when they'd play. It. We didn't know it was the order. And uh, hey, thanks SEC Network for uh, kind of making something that could have been about three or four minutes in terms of just you know you could have just sent an email to the SEC. Well, that seemed like an odd time to me. Two o'clock in the well, afternoon. Well, they they got to do the lead into Fine Bomb. Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. But that seems like a prime time type thing. Like uh, the well, the NFL, you know they. They seem to. Uh, no, I mean they—they they have a right. three-hour block. I, mean, set I, up. I can be critical of them taking forty-five minutes to get to the entire schedule, but at least they didn't do it at um, at eight p.m. or something. Although yeah. there have been some talk uh, of uh, doing a primetime SEC media days deal. Um, they haven't gone that far yet. Uh, they did announce this week dates and that the event was moving from Nashville to Hoover, Alabama, because they're not going to be able to to have kind of the fanfare fest or whatever right. they're going to have. They're going to kind of model it maybe after the NFL draft a couple of years ago in Nashville. Mm. So they're going to push that back because they still think uh, it's not going to be conducive to that with the... Uh, Were they going to set pandemic. up along the main street there? In, in Nashville? Yeah, was that their plan? Uh, or they going to have it in a convention center? I don't like actually normal? know where the location was going to be. I, maybe it would have been... Uh, no, I think it would have probably been in the basketball arena. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's that an ice hockey arena. Yeah, yeah both. <laughs> yeah. Serve, serves as both. It also has served as a uh, Dave Matthews Band concert I've been to. Hey, Clemson at Charlotte. We knew that game was coming. Is that the only hiccup in uh, Georgia's uh, perfect season? <laughs> um, I mean, if you're going to presume that there's not going to be kind of a South Carolina, you know, home upset like there was a couple of years ago, was that three years ago, two years ago, two years, two years ago? ago. Yeah. Um, I well, mean, yeah. and you know, what you think's going to be the lay of the land in the SEC in January turns out maybe by October somebody pops up that's better. I mean, I don't think anyone thought Georgia would be losing at halftime 
to Arkansas. Of course, you had Dwight Mathis starting. You had Stetson Bennett coming in. JT Daniels wasn't uh, cleared by then. I uh, didn't see him, obviously, for mm-hmm. several uh, weeks after that. Um, so, I mean, I wrote about it, the kind of a schedule analysis to to kind of give my take. And, and, you know, they could have put something like if you had Auburn as the SEC opener, uh, you know, if you had Clemson, UAB, and then Auburn, mm-hmm. uh, then you'd have to worry about, well, you know, and Auburn's got a new coach and, and uh, you know, I'm not uh, saying that they're going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with, but, you know, Georgia has, has you know, there, there's nothing that should keep them from going to Atlanta. Um, yeah. based, based on the schedule, I'm saying, it, it wasn't laid out with that it's uh, it's hard to navigate. Well, of course, um, you mentioned UAB is the, in the second week. That's been known for a little while. Um, you know, nothing really stood out to me other than uh, – uh, obviously, playing Arkansas again for the second year in a row, that was known after they had to reschedule everything due to uh, the coronavirus last year. Um, of course, the open date, I think uh, everybody knew that Georgia wanted that before. Jacksonville, like it is always. And that Florida game, to me, it, it seems like that Florida has uh, maybe they, – they made a deal with the devil, so to speak, last year and, and the way that Dan Mullen kind of uh, you know talks a lot, that guy. And so – uh, I feel like Georgia's going to go into that game with a lot of momentum this year. They're going to uh, have bulletin board material, so to speak. Florida's going to be down, lost their quarterback, lost uh, a lot going into that game. And I think that uh, as, it, as it has been the last three or four years, that's going to be the game to decide who goes to Atlanta. And I think Georgia's in prime position to, uh, to, to win that one uh, coming up this year. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw how Florida kind of, uh, you know, the collapse towards the end of the season. Where did they lose the last three or something like that? They lost mm. to LSU. They lost to Alabama. They lost in the bowl game. They mm. had their roster got drilled they in the bowl up, game. Upped it out. Um, uh, you know, Missouri uh, were they the toughest SEC East te- test beyond Florida this year? And, and are they a program on the rise? I mean, I think getting Tennessee um, in November, I would think uh, that. You know that offense could be cranked up. You know I don't know if they have the talent to do what they want to do after hiring the UCF coach, um, yeah, Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel yesterday. Um, yeah, you know, but probably getting them in November it makes that a tougher opponent uh, than if you saw them in September. Um, you know, Sam Pittman's going to roll in here in uh, in Arkansas uh, with Arkansas in I guess it was October, was it? Yeah, early, October second, yep. early October. Uh, look, the, the SEC East um, has uh, three new head coaches. Auburn's coach is new as well. That's a fourth. Um, you know, Georgia's the, the, the cream of the crop in terms of talent. And uh, uh, Florida, uh, they just lost their offensive coordinator, went to the Eagles. Um, I know it's Stan Mullen's offense still, but uh, there, there's a reason Georgia's a top five preseason pick. And uh, the secondary is going to, you know, how that, that group kind of develops, who, who they can get in the uh, transfer market at cornerback. Uh, you, know, you know, that's going to play a lot into, uh, you know, how things look. The offense uh, looks like they got back most of the key pieces, except for, you know, losing Ben Cleveland, Trey Hill. Mm-hmm. Also back on the schedule, Georgia Tech. Now, has anybody brought up the fact that they're playing at Georgia Tech? You know, they played at Tech two years ago then you don't have a game because of uh, an SEC-only schedule. And then – so Georgia basically gets skipped their home game against Georgia well, Tech. Georgia and the SEC are the ones that, that pulled out of playing these these uh, ACC opponents. Uh, Georgia – the SEC went to the 10-game conference-only schedule. The ACC kind of laid the cards on the table and said, we're going to play 
conference only except for one in-state uh, rivalry game type deal, and uh, the SEC, uh, you know, went in a different direction. So, uh, I mean, Greg McGarity told me back, you know, in the fall, I don't know if I think it was like October, that um, that game is going to be in Atlanta. Um, they're, they're not, I mean, wh- why would Georgia Tech uh, say you, you, you didn't want to play us and, yeah, we'll give you a game back? Well, it goes back to the, you know, the things that seem like Georgia fans complain about a lot, bowing down to Auburn, bowing down to the SEC sometimes when it comes to, uh, you know, getting their way in, in certain things. And, and so, you know, I figured this maybe they could uh, say, hey, look, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was ready to come to Athens to play that game. Uh, I get it. This year. So why, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand a lot of thinking. I'm just saying that Georgia could have said, hey, you know, let's uh, last year was an anomaly. Let's uh, let's play it play it in Athens this year. Look, Georgia has better success against Georgia Tech in Atlanta anyway. They've lost a couple of games between that's the true. hedges, and and Georgia Tech coming off of what were they three and seven or something like that? I mean, that that's not a program that's looking like Georgia's going to have to worry about much. Yeah, yeah. Georgia yesterday it was uh, known, and and you're going to help me with the name here. Named a defensive back coach to replace uh, Charlton Warren, who left for. Indiana is their defensive coordinator. Is it Jamil Aday from West Virginia that will come to uh, to be the defensive backs coach for Kirby Smart? Jamil Aday, fifty-fifty shot. I feel like. What does he bring? Do we know? Uh, you know, obviously they had a good uh, defense this year at, at West Virginia, um, and uh, he was uh, well. He he played against Georgia in that what two thousand five Sugar Bowl that got moved to Atlanta. He did indeed. Uh, I think charged the ball loose from Danny Ware uh, for a, a fumble and um, has been around, kind of joined at the hip uh, to a good degree by his head coach at that time, Rich Rodriguez. Mm. They went, uh, he was a graduate assistant under him at West Virginia. He went with him to Michigan for a support staff role, went with him to Arizona um, as well and, and uh, was on staff there. Uh, after that, was at Minnesota for a season or two, and then back to West Virginia. The last two years, coached the cornerbacks, and this year uh, they uh, had a parting of ways with their defensive coordinator uh, before the season started. So, a die and another defensive coach ran the defense. They they called the plays. They I guess organized the meetings. So, it's good that you're able to get a guy that um, you know has has had a season in that role. And uh, West Virginia led the nation in pass defense in terms of just total yards allowed per game. Is the other thing he brings is he's from uh, Tampa, Florida, so he's got some uh, Florida ties on that part of the state, uh, and uh, I think was recognized as one of the top ten recruiters at one point uh, in the Big East Conference. Before we go to break, hey, you know who owns a pizza place now here in uh, Athens? Uh, that would be. Well, we're done talking about Brandon. the. Uh, we're done talking about the cornerbacks already. The uh, the, the defensive backs. That was pretty, talk, I mean, talk about them. It's a pretty pretty big hire. Uh, you know whether Georgia will have another at this point. I mean, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, take anything for granted, given how Shane Beamer's staff. I don't know what his original number was in terms of his ten assistants, but it looks like they just lost another. Uh, it, look, you had Mike Bobo and Will Friend leaving South Carolina to go to uh, Auburn under, uh, you know, the, the coach that came in from Boise State. And then Des Kitchings, I guess the former Vanderbilt wide receiver, I think he's been at, at uh, I'm not, not Vanderbilt, Furman wide receiver in, in college, and then went to Vanderbilt, was on staff there. Um, he just left after being there for, I guess, a cup of coffee or, or a few weeks. And he's going to a team you're, you're very uh, familiar with, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, to coach their running backs. I guess he's going to be Todd Gurley's new position coach. Todd Gurley's only on a one-year contract, so I don't know if he'll oh, be is back. Oh, is he going to come back? I don't know. I mean, he didn't exactly uh, 
overwhelmed this past year. You know, injuries have caught up with Todd, and I just uh, I know he's on a one year. I think like I think the Falcons are paying him like four million dollars, so it wouldn't surprise me if they let him let him go. Well, it's going to be a big. Uh, I wouldn't say rebuilding, but uh, you know they'll have to identify who are the guys that that we can can roll out there. Uh, you know, losing uh, Tyson Campbell, losing Eric Stokes. DJ Daniels at the Senior Bowl this week, one of uh, like six or seven guys uh, for for Georgia down there. You lost Mark Webb. Uh, you lost Tyreek Stevenson. Um, you know, you know that you're safe, and obviously Richard LeCount, and, and you know it's safety. You've got Louis Cine, who's got a lot of experience. You have uh, Chris Smith, who played about half the season. How are you feeling about your corners, Ryan? Well, yeah, yeah, we got the, the you know the, the the kid coming in, or I guess getting healthy. That was uh, what a big time five top five recruit out of Arizona that'll be back presumably next year. So Latavius Brini, yeah, and he, um, he looked pretty good in the in the in the Sugar Bowl, getting his, getting his shot. Yeah, Amir Speed, he's kind of been a uh, he's been a, a special teams type of guy so far. So I don't know uh, how much of a, a shot he'll get, but if he gets one, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he'll be in the mix there too. So I would I would expect them to uh, see what's out there in the, the old transfer market. Mm, yeah, and that's that's one thing that I think we had, we had talked about in the meeting yesterday about. I mean, that's going to become a, a huge thing in in all sports and in college. That uh, you know, if you if you got a specific need, you can certainly go out there and, and try to try to fill it. And uh, fortunately for Georgia, they did that kind of last year when they brought in JT Daniels. Who uh, who now will be uh, you know maybe one of the best quarterbacks in the country going into into next season. Real fast, though, Brendan Douglas, former Georgia running back, is owning a uh, he owns a uh, or co-owner of a Little Caesars here in Athens. So stop by, get you a hot and ready pizza from Brendan Douglas. We'll say that's our uh, official sponsor today for uh, for the online Athens uh, Bulldogs. Well, I, don't, I don't actually think they are sponsoring us though, but I know. Um, yeah, you. Uh, I haven't actually had a little Caesar's pizza probably in a long time. Um, I'm gonna, you know, give me give me the uh, lowdown, Ryan. Yeah, I hadn't had one in quite a while either. And I think the last time I was in a pinch and I was like, I need some food fast. So I ran in there and got a, uh, a hot and ready, and it wasn't bad. You know, uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as good as the Starland pizza I ordered a couple weeks ago that uh, had bacon and all type of stuff on it. But uh, it it did the trick for then. Hey, why don't we take a break? We'll come back. Uh, Maybe we'll uh, talk about the uh, G-Day game. You did a little research on that and uh, have some information on what will go on this year for the Bulldogs. And uh, we'll talk about that and maybe a little bit more right after this on the Bulldogs Extra Podcast from OnlineAthens.com. All right, back into the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Before we get to uh, the Georgia basketball teams, what, would you call that a dreadful performance at South Carolina Wednesday night? Yeah, I think that's, I, I'd say it wasn't good. Yeah, <laughs> I think dreadful is the uh, the appropriate term there. You talked to Josh Brooks a little bit about G Day game. Obviously, last year had to be uh, you know forfeited, so to speak, altogether because of uh, coronavirus. But they're going to try to have it this year with uh, limited capacity. I guess if uh, if the football season itself last year was uh, kind of a success. I don't see why G-Day shouldn't follow along in the same type of manner, but obviously it used to be in the past where you just walk in and uh, go see the Bulldogs' final spring practice. But this year, uh, do you know if they're going to have tickets or, or how are they going to try to do this? 
First of all, I would not use the term forfeited because uh, Georgia didn't lose. Uh, it was uh, it was not a win-win <laughs> or a lose-lose. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second, but got some uh, big news. Uh, it's actually interesting to me, not not to you, but okay. uh, you talked about the Georgia Tech game in our last uh, thing. Mm-hmm. ACC, as we speak, just released their uh, schedule for the twenty. Switch that game to Athens. Nope. But guess where Georgia Tech's playing the day before they, uh, the week before they play Georgia. I don't know. Probably at Clemson or something. They're going to Notre Dame. Oh wow! Yeah, that's, that's that seems a, to seems to benefit uh, Georgia pretty well. You, you like? I mean, think about that at Notre Dame and then home against Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to tweet that out now. I'm going to interrupt the podcast because I think that is a uh, how many? I mean, that's probably the toughest uh, two week stretch that any team's going to face. So. Well, you know, I think uh, again, I don't jokes know. are be to be I, made about uh, at Notre Dame's expense about how they have. I, uh, I don't. I don't know how good Notre Dame's going to be. This never year. performed. Yeah, and they lose. Uh, I think they lose their quarterback. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's not as tough a game as uh, as you'd expect. But obviously, I think coming home uh, against Georgia, where the last time, yeah, you talked about it earlier. The last time that Georgia played in in Atlanta, it was the uh, largest lopsided victory in the series history. I think Georgia scored fifty two points, most uh, ever in the uh, in the rivalry. So yeah, and, and you know you always worry about Georgia looking past Tech in a sense to uh, to the SEC championship most years, but. Uh, under Kirby, they've especially done a good job about not letting that kind of bother them. Yeah, so getting back to the G-Day that you were talking about, um, you know, obviously it looks like if you had games, you're going to be able to have a G-Day. And um, so interesting that J- Josh said that they left the seatbacks in. I guess they were like, why take them out? And then we're going to have to put them back in in three months or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, and so if there's limited capacity, you're talking about, 20,000-ish is what they had uh, for games. Um, you know, Georgia's uh, obviously had 50, 60, 70, whatever the number, 90-something-plus uh, under Kirby for G-Days in the past. So they're going to have to go to a ticketed deal because you don't want 40,000 people showing up um, without, uh, you know, when you only have a certain amount of seats. And, and it sounds like they're going to do a nominal charge. I don't know if it's going to be 5 or 10 bucks or something um, and, and give that money to charity just to... The, the point then was to... So if you're if you're just you know claiming a ticket off a website and you didn't pay anything for it, maybe you're more likely on a, if it's, it turns out to be a crappy day weatherwise or even a beautiful day and you want to just do something else uh, that you don't leave an unused ticket uh, when there's only so many spots anyway. So that, that's kind of the deal there. That's kind of cool. And that that game's always kind of been a, a charity drive in a sense. I remember they used to collect cans, uh, canned food items if you if you came, and so uh, it's kind of cool how they how they've. Turn that into something that's uh, you know beneficial for the community. Obviously, we didn't touch on it much, but next week is another signing day on, on Wednesday. It's kind of lost its luster over the years, though. It used to be a big scene, and, and you know, coaches make speeches at uh, Buttsmeer Building, and and uh, you know that was the one day that all the kids, to, you know, would fax in their their uh, commitment or their signing uh, sheets and whatnot. But now it's just become kind of, kind of black because everything happens in December. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been a couple of, uh, <clears throat> well, I don't know, is this like the fourth uh, time where there's been an early signing period, something like that? Yeah. Thir- third or fourth, and, and uh, I think the first two times, Georgia still had four or five guys, and you know, so, some some decent, uh, you know, five-star talent even, and that kind of thing, but but it's been kind of uh, becoming less and less 
uh, of uh, you know an important deal. And, and this year, I don't know if they're going to sign. I know they're they're going after. Uh, is it Terrian Arnold? Is that his name? Yes. The yes. Uh, the, the safety uh, prospect that, that's still out there. But you know, sometimes they have something up their sleeves that that uh, you know will surprise us. Whether it's a I don't know, was it a Tay Crowder? Uh, was he a late guy? Maybe uh, I feel like I was chasing him down late. And yes, uh, as a running back. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know they're, they're they're probably very very tight on spots and um, you know they want to leave some room if they can to to get those cornerbacks that we talked about on the transfer market. Um, you know, so uh, I don't expect it to be a, a very busy day at all. Well, of course, a lot of teams I think are trying to balance, and maybe not Georgia so much, but balance that extra year of eligibility against who's coming back, who's leaving, and so it, it makes it a confusing time. And the fact that. You know, a lot of these coaches can't go see kids in person. They can't. The kids can't come to campus to to see it. It's it's a unique time, uh, definitely. So, uh, yeah. But you know, stay uh, stay tuned to the onlineathens.com and the Athens Banner Herald uh, next Wednesday. And uh, you know, if anything breaks, we'll we'll be on it. But I guess it's time to get to the uh, to the Georgia basketball team now. Went to South Carolina, three and five South Carolina to be exact. Now four and five after they trounced the Bulldogs. Who's to blame last night, Mark, uh, in that well, near thirty point loss? You have you have a team that one week ago had beaten Kentucky and everybody was on a high, and then Florida on Saturday you never were really in the game, and then the performance on on Wednesday. I mean, it's you know you hate to you hate to say Tom Crean is just uh, kind of his seat's getting warm, but how, how how do you explain a loss to a South Carolina team that definitely is not at the top of their game uh, at the moment? Well, I mean, you, you said who's to blame. I mean, I think there's blame to go around for everyone. I mean, starting with, with the head coach and uh, you know, going down to the guys that, that are out there, you know, playing, going through the motions, um, you know, making poor decisions, whether it's, uh, you know, Keep keep taking the same shot that's not falling. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of that has to be going to the head coach to. I think over o for nine to start on threes and didn't get much better after that. Yeah, four of twenty six overall. PJ Horn went o for seven. Uh, Justin Kyer o for four. Justin Kyer got shut out o for five shooting in twenty three minutes. Um, and they had, a, I feel like in the first half there, it was about eight straight possessions with a turnover. It seemed like they kept trying to penetrate or spin through the defense and. Ball was going the other way for an easy dunk. Yeah, Severe had four turnovers, seven assists. Um, look, a lot of this is uh, how much you want it. And South Carolina, as you mentioned, they had only played um, eight games. They've had, uh, you know, a horrible time with dealing with, with COVID. Uh, their, their head coach uh, has been uh, – he's contracted the virus twice, they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they, they had some some breaks uh, from, from not playing games. Um, look, that's a team that, that clearly, you know, was hungry for a win. They, they had been uh, had some really bad games, uh, you know, in the lead up to this. And uh, Georgia, you know, they go through these spells where where they look like they're just their hearts not in the game anymore. And, and in the second half, certainly looked like that. Looks like like in the last four or five minutes of, of both this game and the Florida game, maybe they uh, they make the score a little bit better. Uh, Arkansas too, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, when that one got out of hand. Yeah, and, and you know when Tumani Kamara gets in foul trouble, which seems to happen too often, um, you know that takes away one of your few guys that, that have a little bit of size. Um, and Katie Johnson, um, you know, while he's 
I think he had 14 yesterday. I mean, he had some some poor decisions and, um, you know, was a little out of control also. I mean, it, it wasn't a good look. Um, you know, they got Ole Miss Saturday at home, a team they've already beat. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, I, you, you said, is the, the seat hot? I mean, clearly every time they have games like this, which is too often, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's a lot of uh, backlash and people want to see Green gone. Yeah, yeah, especially if you follow the Twitter world and uh, and see some of the the people that are angry. And again, I, I you know Kentucky obviously isn't the Kentucky of uh, of old this year, but you, you did beat them, and uh, you think you'd build a little momentum off that, and then you have two kind of kind of duds in a row there. So I mentioned Kitty Johnson. You know the the uh, the box scores you get from these games they have plus minus kind of like I don't know where that started but uh, hockey hockey it's, hockey's yeah. been a huge deal but mm-hmm. uh, Katie Johnson was minus twenty three which tied with PJ Horn for the worst that's basically points you are on on the floor for mm-hmm. uh, you know in terms of so minus twenty three when he was on the floor you know what I noticed a couple times uh, and not saying that they would have blocked the kid's dunk on the other end but you know pretty much just gave up at half court and let him uh, just go down for a for free points so i mean that goes back to just not not having heart yeah I, I, christian brown came back he was a couple of games out with a, a lower uh, lower body injury i think it was mm-hmm. termed or something but uh, kind of a non-factor he's from that area of south carolina and didn't score um didn't have a rebound even and uh look that's a guy that was a top 100 recruit uh, he needs to start they need to start developing him into something um uh, you know, PJ Horn, as we mentioned, one for eight. Uh, basically, all your grad transfers except for Andrew Garcia, um, and really did show up much for this game. And uh, when PJ Horn's shots aren't falling, uh, his, his value, uh, you yeah. know, in this system is is uh, diminished, uh, you know, very much. And so. Uh, it is what it is. We'll see what they look like. I mean, they played Tyrone McMillan almost eight minutes, and uh, he had a dumb technical. Um, you also have Josh Taylor, who's not getting into any games. Uh, you might as well play these young guys that with a little bit of size and see what they can do. Um, so, uh, Ryan, are you picking an Ole Miss uh, upset of Georgia? If, if Georgia looks the way they have... Uh, I guess it would be an upset. The past couple of games, well, you know, that's uh, definitely one of those things where Georgia needs to... Uh, to, to find something to to prove that they uh they have a little bit of heart and uh you know maybe they can use the fact that they did beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss a couple weeks ago and turn that into something but yeah they need to uh they need to at least look like they're trying sometimes when they get down by 10 or 12 because then it explodes into into a 30 point loss against uh not not great teams yep um so you know hey I looked at the time we got to get out of here I got meetings so we might as uh, we might as well call this quits right now after uh, that nice uh, ending on, on Georgia basketball. So, Mark, I guess we'll see you again next week uh, for the for the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. All right, have a great weekend, everyone. See you later.